Hello, welcome to the Mystery Room. I'm Abby. And I'm Shannon. And welcome to this week's episode on the gin again this week. Yep. Um, we still have no wine. Had a, had a bit of a uh, issue this morning. I decided to break Abby's gin glass. Yes. Um, so I've stolen Shannon's. <laughs> but I have ordered her a new one, so it's all fine. Yeah. I mean, you do have another one downstairs. Yeah, but I like this one. It's all fancy. Okay. It's all shaped all fancy. Okay. But I'm on pink gin, Gordon's gin, and tonic, obviously, because of my psychopathic tendencies. I tried a little bit yesterday because she had one last night as well. Are you making me sound yeah, that like bad. She had, she had a gin last night as well. Not even doing a podcast, she had a gin. And I thought, oh, that looks nice because it's like red. And I was like, oh, I'll try a bit of that. Had one little sip and I generally felt like my bloody mouth was burning. It felt like the devil was being like cursed out of me with like holy water or something. It was horrible. It's a bit of an exaggeration. All right. It's not. It is. We get you don't like tonic, okay? Get on a psychopath. And I've got rhubarb gin and ginger ale but do you know what I really fancy a coffee all day all I fancy is coffee it's 9.30 at night yeah I know I'm not going to have one now but I do right let's get into the podcast because this is going to be a long one and it is going to be a two-parter yeah it's definitely going to be a two-parter because there's just so much information on this case so this week it's a little bit different so obviously we usually do like really like unsolved but this case actually currently has someone serving a life sentence so there is so much speculation over this case many wondering if that the young man serving the life sentence is actually guilty or if he's been wrongly convicted because of the color of his skin people believe that there are two victims and one truth so who killed Jill Halliburton Sue? This is dubbed as one of the weirdest murders in Florida history. It was a gorgeous sunny day in South Florida. No cloud in the sky when Jill and her husband, Nan Yao Sue, arrived back from a two-week trip from Malaysia. Their son, Justin Sue, picked them up from the airport on the 7th of September 2014 and dropped them back at their home in the gated community in Davie, near Fort Lauderdale in Florida. The next morning, Justin Sue left for college at 9.45am and Nan Yao Sue got up and decided to go to work. He was a university professor at the University of Florida. He left the house at around 11.31am, but this would be the last time he would ever see his wife alive and what would happen while he is at work is terrifying. Jill, who was 59 at the time of her murder, was the grandniece of the founder of the oil empire Halliburton Oil. She was a lovely woman, well respected, often volunteered, and made newspapers into audiobooks for blind people to listen to. I think that's adorable, honestly. I'm just saying how touching that really is. I wonder if she put like every single newspaper going and just could you imagine sat there for ages like yeah know. the amount of time you'd have to dedicate and imagine do you remember when the sun used to have page three and on page three there is a naked woman <laughs> i forgot about that <laughs> could you imagine if that oh my god do you know what right i don't know if you're ever, if your dad ever used to buy those newspapers when you were a kid no and i would be scarred opening up that newspaper as a child and seeing a naked woman because i was like my mum used to read the sun yeah but <laughs> 
it's normally it's fine but it's like we don't like the sun anyway the sun is just horrendous like like newspapers go oh they are just horrendous they are they really are yeah no i yeah it is quite scarring yeah like i was thinking to myself when i was younger obviously i don't know but i was thinking to myself when i was younger why is my dad reading a newspaper with a naked woman in it sorry dad if you're listening to this oh my god (laughs) why do you want to say anything i just sat there going pat's gonna listen to this and i just sat there going nice on the 8th of september 2014 the blonde 59 year old was brutally murdered in her bathtub police reports state jill was stabbed over 25 times overkill yeah and what do we know about kills like this usually very personal yeah like gives us a feel that the person that killed jill knows her and has a connection to her yeah because if you didn't know someone and you were going to murder someone you wouldn't kill them like that you wouldn't stab them over that many times and it was like in personal places as well like i think it was like her neck and her torso that's why i'm just not convinced that the person that's been arrested is the correct person yeah yeah there's a really amazing documentary by the way i know it's on sky crime i think it might be on amazon i'm not entirely sure but it's called moochie because <laughs> that's the guy's it nickname just, i just, just like that name yeah. moochie what a name the sue family had set up cctv in and around their house they used a company called Dropcam. this is a bit like if anyone has a ring doorbell so they always give you like so many weeks or years or months grace period so with drop cam they gave you a 14 day grace period where you could in these 40 day 14 days sorry you can look back at old footage um sometimes they take like snapshots so you can go back and see all the snapshots um but after these 14 days you have to pay a subscription fee or you lose all these rights so you wouldn't be able to go back if someone like knocked on the door you wouldn't be able to go back and be like oh there's jim delivering my parcel you would you wouldn't know so i don't understand anybody if you're going to buy cctv you'd obviously buy the subscription because what's the point yeah exactly i mean i think they got it before they went on holiday i think because their son justin lives with them he's not I don't think he's very. I don't think they trust him basically. So I think they set up the cameras to see what he was doing. Mm. Um, yeah, but you'd still <coughs> want. To but you'd still, it. yeah. That's what. I mean. Well, they they were, weren't they? When they got back, it was day fifteen. Oh yeah. So yes. The okay, day of sorry. the murder. This is when everything, like all the CCTV stopped basically. So Nanya Sue was at work for only forty-five minutes when he decided to look into the drop cam footage at home. And this is when he noticed that somebody was playing around with a camera and then suddenly it just went blank, like it had been disconnected. He called his son straight away and asked if it was him messing around with them because he's been known in the past to mess around with them. Justin told his dad that he was at college and it wasn't him. Nan Yosu asked his son to go straight home and to check on his mother. But what Justin would come home to was every child's worst nightmare. Justin told police that he went into the house, past his room, but he had noticed that one of his drawers were opened. This drawer contained hundreds of knives, which Justin had collected over the years. 
He mentioned that it was strange as he never left it open. He then carried on through the house and he found the camera in the kitchen had been ripped off the wall. What I don't understand is, if he was sent home to look to make sure his mum's okay, why is he going all through the house? Like, wouldn't you go in and be like, Mum? And if she didn't answer, you'd go and find her. Like, why would he walk past his room first? Like, if I come home and I saw... Especially if his dad said, go and check your mum. There was, like, a weird person in the on the camera footage yeah because you can watch the footage live you just can't go back yeah so it, and I also find it very odd that he logged in at the exact time that somebody was in his house yeah I don't know I just very find it very coincidental yeah it's all very odd mm. so Justin then went to his parents room and there was no sign of his mum but then he reached it on suite and he found Jill's body in the bath he dialed 999 immediately. He first told the operators on the phone that he said that his mother had killed herself. But then he quickly realised that Jill had been tied up, gagged and stabbed over 25 times. So he quickly told the operator, my mum's been murdered. He then went on to say, and I quote, what is this in here? And he was rooting around in the bath and he was like, it's one of my knives. So someone had gone into his room, taken one of the knives out and supposedly used it on his mum mm-hmm. but then if you I don't know if you'd leave a murder weapon in the bathtub I don't know mm. odd very odd so when police arrived they said there was no forced entry into the property and the place had been ransacked but there was nothing taken so at first they were thinking maybe it's a robbery gone wrong but not a single item was taken from this house there was wads of cash just laying around and that wasn't taken either so this made the police look close to home and this is when they take Nan Yo and Justin Sue in for questioning and this is where it starts to get very, very interesting. When the police interviewed her husband, he told the officer that he had saw a man enter his home with a white cloth on his face and he looked white and that's why he called his son to see if he was messing around with the cameras. The police's main suspect at this time was Justin Sue seeing as it was his knife used in the murder and the knife which was found in the bathtub with Jill had Justin's DNA on it. He was first to the scene and even his father said he saw a white man. Nan Yao kept saying that he can't remember and his memory was really bad to every question that he was asked. Yeah, so it's been known that if someone is giving an interview and they're a bit like oh, I can't remember I did this. I don't know what time I did that. It's more likely that they are being honest because you don't know word Like, you don't know exactly what you've done during the day. If someone said to me, what did you do today? I'd be like, um, I think I did this, I think I did that. Yeah. Whereas if someone sits and they go, at 12 o'clock, yeah, well, I really was doing this, explain yeah, it. That's yes. what I mean. It just doesn't seem realistic. But then it's also, I just think, is he playing, oh, I'm an old man, I'm really forgetful card. Yeah. That's the question. I think it's really hard to... Like, if you if you watch the documentary, and I honestly do recommend it, both of them just seem not as emotional. Like, if I walked in and I saw my mum had been murdered in the bathtub, like, I would be so distressed. I'd be crying. Yeah. And both of them just seem very, very, like... I don't know, and it just... Was it does a documentary? Yeah, and it does seem like... Nanyan Sue is really trying to give up his son 
Oh. Like, really trying to be like, look at my son, look at my son. And it just makes me think, like, why are you so... Like, why are you trying to feed the detectives your son? Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you know? Mm. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, just a really, it's just a really weird case. It's such an odd case. Like, so much goes on. Interesting. And I do find it odd that the knife that was used as a murder weapon only has Justin's his DNA. DNA on it. And obviously it was his knife, but mm. if someone else had used it, surely it would have some other fingerprints on it. Yeah. Not just his. The whole DNA and evidence in this case, we will talk about later, and I can tell you now, it is horrendously bad. Like, I've never seen anything like this. So the police turned their attention to Justin Sue. The police had removed his clothes to send to the lab for testing. Justin didn't seem bothered at first. But when the police started asking questions, he started to panic. They asked Justin where he was on the morning of the murder and he stated that he was in the library. The police asked that if they asked the college for this, the CCTV at the college would confirm this. And he later changed his story and said, oh no, I was asleep in my car. This happened a lot while questioning Justin. He would say one thing and then change his story when he couldn't prove he was in that location. After 14 hours of questioning, they released both Nanyao and Justin as they didn't have enough evidence to arrest either of them. 14 hours doesn't seem like a lot. It doesn't. I'm pretty sure, don't they have like 24 hours holding period? I think it's more than that. Oh, is it? I, I might be wrong. I thought it was like 48 or three yes. days. Or three days. Yes. But That's what I mean. For, like, 14 hours just doesn't seem... Especially, like, at the time, Justin was their only suspect. Yeah, and they had knife with his DNA all yeah. over it. And they're just like, nah, we haven't Bye. got on you. Just, you know. Mm. So, Justin was known to have a heavy drug habit, often taking DAB, which is concentrated marijuana. But it's 80% THC, which, again, is just cannabis but it's a very strong percentage of cannabis that is a lot and obviously people do know like i know people are very much like cannabis is good for you with medical and all this but it can also it it can also make you like very very paranoid it can also make you quite aggressive Mm -hmm. especially if like you're taking it heavily like justin was and they say that anything over 20 percent thc is considered like high so, like I said, 80% is a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. Um, I will post some photos. I couldn't find any um, online. So, I took photos from the documentary from my telly. So, the picture quality is not going to be the best. But the police found so much drug paraphernalia in their house in Justin's room. So, I'll show you a picture. There's like four of them. So, I'll try and like put them all together. Um, and he often forgot about like a lot of things and his movements because of the amount of drugs he was taking. So this just is getting more and more suspicious yeah. of Justin. Um, it's really weird you say that. Like we carry on because your mind might change halfway through. Because when I first started like researching this case, I was so adamant. I was like, "Yep, Justin, 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 Justin." But then later on my mind kind of got a bit swayed. So, but in part two, you'll sit there and you'll be like. 
having other thoughts I guarantee it so you need to stay tuned because it's not just you think you know who it is straight away obviously we don't know exactly who it was but we have our theories yes so detectives looked into this case and they originally confirmed that it doesn't look like a home invasion because there was nothing taken yeah if it was a burglary gone wrong they like and they ended up killing her because they didn't want her to see them and i just think like if you is a burglary gone, got burglary gone wrong you wouldn't stab someone over 25 times mm. it would be a very quick yes. kill yeah 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 and you would still steal things you would still take as much as you can exactly yeah they also said that the way that someone had entered the house so the point of entry it was just a window slightly broken it wasn't like massively big enough for someone to get through and it was right next to a door so it's like they everyone was saying like why didn't they just break it unlock the door and then go through the door yeah why did they break a window to try and squeeze through and then they were saying like unless someone locked the doors when they left but then if you're doing a home invasion and then you've murdered someone you're not going to sit there and think shit I need to lock the doors on my way out you know this is a very nice community yeah they lock their doors I need to make sure I lock my doors but there was no keys missing either so and there was no keys found outside, which, obviously, if you locked the doors... How polite, though, would that be of a person, like a murderer? I've locked your door for you so no one else comes in. Like, <laughs> there's a massive hole in the window, but I've locked your doors. And don't worry, I've stolen everything as well, yeah. but, you know. It just feels like someone's gone there to murder her and make it look like a home invasion. That is a poor attempt of making it look like a home invasion. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I'm funny, but like, there was a massive lake behind the house. So they had like big gardens. Obviously, like these people in these gated communities they had huge gardens. And at the back was like a lake. So even if you wanted to pretend it was like a home invasion, at least throw some stuff in the lake. Yeah. But apparently, they searched the lake as well for like any evidence, but there was nothing there. It just makes me like wonder how someone got into this gated community yeah and out again without being spotted yeah and the fact that the sioux house isn't like the first one on the lot you would have to go through three other gardens to get to theirs so someone have had to hop like i think it was like three fences and one bush just to get into their garden and their back garden and the back of their house look exactly the same as their neighbour, two doors up. So why did someone target the Sue's house especially? Yeah, well... It just doesn't make sense because it's just like... I think we can obviously say that this was a personal kill. So I think she was definitely targeted. I reckon she was definitely murdered by someone she knows. Yes, yeah. I just don't see it. And we have to remember, obviously, that Nanyon Sue in the police interview said that he saw a white man like you need to remember that so we spoke earlier about jill being stabbed over 25 times and chris ferguson who is the co-chairman of psychology said if you're seeing 20 to 30 wounds especially on the torso or neck which are rather sensitive areas this indicates that someone kept stabbing for is more than necessary and it determines a closeness to the victim and there is an emotional connection and is usually angry at the victim. Which is like what we said earlier. So obviously this guy who is chairman of psychology literally confirms what we said. Mm. That this kill is personal. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so can we say that because of Justin's drug habit, he was on a massive high this day, that Jill made a comment to him and he lashed out and killed her? Maybe. Because mm. I, I feel like she's likely. Because I feel like she's quite like a respected person. Like she is. Like people have said that she's a respected woman. Who would have a reason to kill her if she did so much for so many people? That's what I mean. Other than, from the sounds of it, Justin. Yeah, because it's like I don't know. It's just all very, very odd. Mm. Obviously, we're going on to talk about more suspects, but right now... It does, it just points at Justin, and I don't know if it's because of all the drugs he takes, but he's a very unemotional person. Hmm. Only when they start accusing him does he start getting all, like, irate and angry. But before that... Defensive. Yeah, but before that, he just sat there, legs crossed, arms crossed, in his little white jumpsuit that they gave him because they took his clothes. Yeah. Um... But then also that could point to innocence because there he is sat there thinking, I didn't do this, so I've got nothing to worry about. And then probably when he starts getting questioned, he's thinking, I haven't done this. Why am I being questioned? Like, why am I suspect? um, In the documentary as well, though, they did also check CCTV footage of Justin leaving the college campus. Um and they they did this a lot so these are the the, um, defence attorneys for our suspect who is currently serving life in prison they actually reenacted some of the routes so they reenacted how long it would take Justin to get from the college campus to the gated community so they were like oh Nanyun Su called Justin at like 12.10 or 12.30 I think it was and then he got home within like 10 minutes so they did the drive to see how long it would take them and it did only take like 10 minutes so they were like oh he could have got the call and then got home at this time right but it's just i just don't understand how you can kill someone in like 10 minutes and run away and not be seen did how did he manage to because if you were stuck killed stabbed someone that many times you would You'd be covered in blood. blood all over you. Yeah, this is another... Like, we'll move on to this later, but someone did pick this up. Hmm. They were basically saying, like, whoever killed it, their DNA would be everywhere. Yeah. Because of how much blood there is. Exactly. And, and like, if she, said person drove away, which they claim they did, surely there would be blood all in their car. Mm-hmm. And, sure, like, surely she would have been fighting back, so he, the person would have had defensive wounds all over them yeah because a neighbor said she the dog her dogs are barking so her house looked right opposite the sue's house and her dogs were barking so she walked over to her window and she basically saw someone dragging something in to the house at about uh quarter past 12 oh. and they just thought maybe it was like someone was like dragging a parcel in and I was just like what how I'm sorry you so, didn't have a difference yeah. between a parcel and a so body so the police reckon it's um, Jill tried to get away she got outside and then the person dragged her back in the house oh my god that's so sad yeah but then I think if someone saw like a black guy committing this crime dragging Sue back into the house I am pretty sure people would be like yes it was a black guy 
seeing as like a lot of people in this documentary in the gated community are white people yeah I'm sorry but that the neighbour would be like yes I saw a black guy dragging her in but she never said that she just said I saw someone so it just makes me think like was it a white guy I honestly do I I genuinely do think yeah they have got the wrong person I am 100% I honestly in a couple years time if it turns out that this guy serving life in prison has been released because he's been wrongly convicted you heard it here first you heard it at the mystery room first <laughs> and hire me and Abby as PIs because yes. we've got this shit on lock yeah <laughs> so we're going to talk about I need to get back to the podcast now because this case just I love this case so much I've got so much to say about it but let's get back to the details in hand yeah. so the evidence that was collected at the scene was sent to Browood County Crime Lab and it came up with a match to a 22-year-old man named Dionte Vizalis. He was also known as Moochie. Can we call him Moochie? Yeah, we can call him. Yeah, we can call him Moochie. Because I feel like that's that's what he calls himself in the documentary as well. Yeah. Um, So here we go. You have now met the poor man who is currently serving a life sentence. So, Moochie had a history of breaking into rich people's homes. And he was often stealing money or expensive stuff and then selling them on. And then he would give these money, this money that he would receive from all this stuff or the money he's got from house, and he would give it back to the poor people of Florida. He came from, like, more of, like, the poorer end of Florida. And he wanted to give back to his community. And maybe, yes, he did it in the wrong way. But he would only go and steal money and stuff to sell to give his friends and family money to help them out. Mm. He would never ever had a history of killing anyone. Yeah. And even his mum, and like, I know she's biased because it's his mum, but even like everyone in the documentary was like, no, he's a really nice guy. And they like dubbed him as like the Robin Hood basically of their community because he would like steal from the rich. I think he's hilarious. Like in this, in the documentary, he is just really funny. Like you need to watch the documentary because then you like sit there and you sit there and you're like, do you know what? I actually believe this guy. Usually I'm sat there going, no, you've definitely done it. You've definitely done it. But there's just something about this. I'm just like, no, I do. Honestly, yeah. I feel very very personal. I feel like I know these people now. You don't jump from doing just burglaries to then being to killing someone and stabbing them. Overkill. Yeah, well. killing like stabbing someone twenty. You don't do that. I'm sorry, no. you don't. It was also found that he actually broke in... Like, so he got caught before, obviously, because he's got a history. And the only reason he got caught before is because he went to break into someone's house, realised there was someone there, and he ran. Mm. He didn't... Like, if he had done it before, he would have surely killed someone else before. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. So, like, why has he suddenly gone from running away... To now killing someone. Yeah. So his DNA was found on two items at the crime scene, which was a knife which was found outside. So it was like a purple knife. It wasn't a murder weapon. I'm not really sure why it was there. And then a green belt from a dressing gown, which was, again, by the front door. So the Broward County Crime Lab during this case actually ended up losing its accreditation due to its long history of unethical practices. So basically what they would do is they would take the DNA from the scene 
and compare it to the DNA based database. And if they didn't get like an exact 100% match, they would find the closest match to that DNA and go, yeah, this is the person. So basically, it's never actually proven if Dante's DNA 100% matched or if it was just the closest one that they could find. So surely, surely this should be thrown out. This is what everyone was saying. Like, surely they... Like, this is the only evidence of Dionte that they had from this crime scene. This is it. Just these two bits of evidence. There was no more of his DNA anywhere in the house. Yeah. Not even on Jill. Which you so would think surely, if someone... Yeah. If you like, he's tying her up, dragging her in... There, there would was, be some DNA somewhere yeah. on her. They did say they did find a few of his fingerprints, which obviously you can't really rule out. But again, that if you were going to kill someone, your DNA would be on that person. Mm-hmm. And then it's like they also found a Gatorade bottle in one of the bedrooms that had no one's DNA on it. So it didn't have his, it didn't have the family's. It was like an unknown DNA. And there were so many unknown fingerprints that they found there. And I don't know who they belong to. But this blood DNA and the DNA they got off the knife and the robe. Basically, you could turn around now and say any DNA they received at this crime scene should be admissible in court. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, well. it can't stand. And the lab that they used now aren't accredited because this is the sort of crap they pull. I don't understand how they did that. I don't know how they got away with it for so long. So, Deontay's defence attorney, Alari, said that a crime scene this bloody would have DNA all over it. So, it's odd that his DNA was only found on two items in the whole house. It was also questioned, how did Deontay get into this gated community and out again without anyone else seeing, which is what we already spoke about. When police arrested him and told him that he was being arrested for the murder... He said, and I quote, I thought it was a dream and couldn't believe what they had said that day, but it changed my whole life and now my future is going down the drain. I actually feel kind of sorry for this guy. That's what I mean, I do. Like, So, apparently when he was uh, arrested, his like ex-girlfriend at the time had just given birth to his daughter and like he's missed out on all them years. Like... Mm the day she was born he missed out like that's like one of the most important days of a parent Mm -hmm. and like he just never had a chance to bond with her and I just actually do I do feel really really sorry for him because I don't think they've treated him fairly at all no I know I Um, I hope he didn't do this I'm kind of almost like he didn't see thank you so Deontay now faced life in prison for the murder of Jill Halliburton Sue but did Deontay commit this crime his attorneys and defence investigators are convinced that he's been wrongly convicted and they're doing everything in their power to prove it, which I love. Yeah, no, I totally agree because... You go. I'm just like, you go team. Like, he's got like, I think he's got like four attorneys and they're all like really like cool people. Like one of them has got like gold teeth. I just sit there, I'm watching it. I'm just like, if you had a defence attorney who had, like, one white, one gold, one white, one gold, one white, one gold. You would sit there and think, no. I like it. But I'm, I'm just sat there going, I'm just going, yes. Like, if four so, people are willing to stand yeah. up for him, 
so a lot of them are like public defense attorneys because like i said he is they come from like a poor background so they haven't got fuck tons of money yeah to obviously buy like a really really good attorney i tell you what they do need that woman from making a murderer but yeah um i just think it's amazing that all of these people and they do so much work they do so much investigating so for this week we are going to leave it there we think it's because a good place to end it. There is so much on this case, and there is so much on Dionte that I we just cannot fit into one episode. So you'll need to come back next week. And I'm telling you now, some of it is quite funny. What happens next? <laughs> funny. It is quite funny because you'll find out. Just come back next week, and you can find out everything. We're going to talk about Dante. We're going to go back to the Sue family. And we're going to finally, hopefully, throw you our theories out of what we actually do think happened that day. I already have a theory, but I know it's too soon. But Because right now, we've only really looked into Justin. Yeah, I already think that Deontay's innocent. Yeah, see? Mm-hmm. I honestly do. Yeah. His family have put a billboard T-shirts... And they actually came up with the slogan themselves of there's two victims, one truth. Obviously, Jill is a victim because obviously she's been murdered. And then obviously now they're saying that Dante's a victim because he's been wrongly convicted. Yes. So if you want to find out more about this weird case, then join us next Friday to find out more we're very sorry about last week's technical issues um if you saw it on our instagram basically what had happened is we had recorded we lost half of the episode which it just all went so we had to re-record but then for some reason halfway through one of the mics just didn't pick up any sound so abby sounded really really quiet yeah but hopefully hopefully this week it sounds better yeah um, and for any podcasters out there who have any advice for us in regards to this whole microphone thing, we'll accept. Please any- message us, yes, because we would we would love some advice. Because obviously we are new to this. This is only what our fourth episode. Yeah. So yeah, we'd love some support. Yeah. From anybody out there and any software that you use, because we're really struggling to find a software that will help us edit and record. And, like, we are in quite a small room, so we do have to sit quite close together. It's very cosy in it here. It is very cosy. It's really hot. And I think in the summer, we cannot sit in here. Yeah. Because this... I will be roasting. I think I will die in this cupboard. I, and then it'll be, <laughs> who murdered Shannon in the cupboard? <laughs> and I'll be like, Abby, because she's making me sit in this small-ass cupboard. And it's so hot. Like, I am roasting right now. I'm not going to lie, though. You've got a blanket. You've got an hoodie on. Like... Don't wear as many layers, woman. Yeah, but it was cold last week, and there's no way we're going to fit a fan in here as well. The good old British weather, that is. Oh, it's so... Sudden I'm, change in temperatures. I, I, was, I made a comment just a minute ago going, oh, it's raining, it's lovely. There's just something very satisfying about listening to the rain hit on the window. Yeah, I find it so annoying. I love it. Everyone says, oh, I love the sound of rain. I love the no. sound of rain on tents as well. have you ever been camping I feel like that's not for you it's not for me at all I I hate camping camping. 
no, it's all right in the summer. Although I woke up one time and I just had loads of bugs in my mouth. And like my uh, mum and dad wouldn't let me brush my teeth. I was like, you need to eat your breakfast first. I was like, that's disgu- uh, I'm eating flies. Like, that's disgusting. <laughs> let me brush my teeth. That's actually disgusting. I know. So that's why camping isn't for me. It's not as bad as the time when we fitted like four people in a two-man caravan because it was too wet to put the tent up. And I mean, the bloody yeah. roof. And the, you know, like the little sun roof oh yeah like little skylight yeah so i'm laid on the floor in the walkway because everyone else had the beds so i'm on the floor and i'm like i'm getting wet (laughs) and they were like it's just a condensation no No, i'm getting wet (laughs) so they opened up the sunroof and i was like no i am still getting wet and they went to show the sunroof and it was fuck it's gone like this thing had blown off and i'm literally laid in the middle of the bloody walkway getting wet and i'm like thanks great brilliant oh it's so funny honestly horrendous you can laugh about it now yeah at the time so fuck's sake wasn't even in a tent i was in a bloody caravan and it was just horrendous literally horrendous and because i'm the youngest yes i get shoved on the floor Oh, it's always the way. Oh, I never thought that Callum being the middle child would have been stuck on the floor. No, Cam's favourite. Golden child. Mm. It's because he. Doesn't I know what that is because I am one. Really stayed off then, but yeah, loving this weather. I do love the rain. I don't want to be in it, but I do like listening to the rain. So yeah. Anyway, we are sorry about yes last week's technical difficulties. We're hoping from now on. We will be on one account on Spotify. We are aware that right now there are two. We are trying to get our older one removed. So um, it's the mystery room with an explanation mark. But that is not our account anymore. It's It's just the mystery room without an exclamation mark. Yeah. And that will be our permanent account from now on. Yeah, that's where all our episodes will post to. Yeah. So please go and like and follow because we've lost and review again because we've lost all our reviews i yeah. know i know people probably sat going you didn't have that many anyway but it doesn't matter every little helps as it tesco does. says it does we did have quite a few ratings and now we've lost them all so, so. please go and rate and review again and yeah. follow yeah and follow us on the socials we yeah. are the mystery room the pod on instagram and the mystery room podcast on facebook and also don't forget Patreon as well, where you get early access to our episodes. Obviously, we don't have any Patreons yet. Yeah, we don't have any Patreons so at we're the moment. Not, we so haven't um, released them early yet. But um, but when we do get at least one Patreon, you will get it early. On and uh, you will get a massive thank you from us. Whoever signs up first will get a shout out. Yeah. Okay, so rush to sign up. Thank you. Obviously, we will shout out all of them. Imagine being the first one. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed our first well part one of this case and um we will see you next week for part two enjoy your weekend yes drink lots of gin with tonic with lemonade (laughs) Bye. bye